I heard someone say they're blessed, so I'm glad. Praise God. It's been a morning, amen? means God is here, and he's got something awesome for us today. Amen. Do you believe that? We just receive, Lord, whatever you have. We thank you for your goodness, and we just praise you today. Amen. you we're here to dance for you with the hearts in view and a worship you we're here to praise you Lord, we're here to praise you we're here to celebrate and proclaim your name and worship you we're here to praise you everything we With all our strength, oh God, we shout to worship. With our heart and soul, we come before you, Jesus, to worship you. With our heart and soul, we come before you, Jesus, to worship you. give it all to you today. Hallelujah. 
to the stars where you found me. I'm coming back to your heart. Now I surrender. Take me. This is all I can bring.
Just a simple thought of who you are. Let your light shine in the darkest parts. Let your love fill the Forever I belong 
to you. I belong to you forever. I belong to you. Yes, God. I belong to you, God. There's no space that his love can't reach. There's no place that we can't find peace. There's no end to amazing grace. Just listen to these words. Take me in with your arms spread wide. Take me in like an orphan child. Never let go, never leave my Holding on, I am. I 
speaking clearly this morning and he's saying expect again some of you have been so pushed down God says that you don't know how to get up but it's time in 2014 it's time to expect again because the things that I'm going to do are all for each one of you. You've got to look for the good. You've got to expect the good. You've got to know I'm good. You've got to plan on good. And some of you have lost track of the good. It's like it wandered down a path all by itself. And here you are, standing here and wondering... What do I do, God? And God says, expect again. Don't let the enemy win. Don't let the enemy win. Expect again. Expect again. This is your year to expect. This is your year for change. This is your year for God to come and create what he wants in you. This is your time, church. This is your time. It is your time. It is your time. The gifts that he's given are just, they're more than you can ask or think or even imagine. They're financial, but they're spiritual. They're physical. They're mental. They're everything you ever need, and God is just pouring them out. Even now, he's just pouring them out. And some of you just won't receive. You just stand there saying, God, why don't you do something? And he says, I am. I am doing something. I'm pouring out on my body. I'm giving them what they need for this year. And this year shall be the most tremendous thing that you've ever lived through. And I don't mean that to hard. I mean that good. This is your year. This is your year for the goodness of God to just show up in every situation, in every circumstance. But here's what you have to do. You have to expect again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody needs to give the Lord a shout of joy in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I, I was, I was, I was, I have a word for you today, and it's a word that the Lord has given me, and it's a word that I think I shared last week, but it's a word that you get a hold of. And my word for this year is called breakthrough. Come on, say it with me. Breakthrough. Come on, say it with me. Breakthrough. Come on, say it again. Breakthrough. 
I'm, I'm just believing God on a breakthrough of His Word. I'm believing God on a breakthrough in things in our lives. Now listen, listen very carefully. Here's what I want you to know. That as we step into this new place, as we, as we step into these things that God has for us, there are, there, are, there are some discontentment within us. You know why? Because God says, don't you see it? Don't you perceive it? Behold, I am doing a new thing. And in, in order to come into a new thing, Wayne, in order to come into a new thing, sometimes there's that discontentment. There's that discouragement. There's that place that says, I'm no longer going to stay where I was, and I want to go to that new place. Got anybody wants to go to a new place in hallelujah in this new year? Hallelujah. Well, listen, on the count of three, let's give the Lord a great big shout. One, two, three. Yeah! Let's give him a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hey, listen, get out of your seats, meet and greet somebody this morning. We welcome you to Living Word Fellowship this morning. Come on and play. Praise and worship. Play.
Find your seats. Get my partner up here with me. Welcome, welcome, welcome. There is no place on earth I would rather be than right here with you this morning. I want to remind you that we've got 201 coming up. How many of you, if I said we've got 201 coming up, would know what I was talking about? Yeah! So, if you missed Growth Track 101 last Wednesday night, come to 201. There's still time to get in on something really, really, really good. We're excited about this. You are welcome. Come and join us. Um, It's an exciting way to grow, and it's a clear way to grow. Sometimes we kind of flounder around in our growth, and this gives us a clear track to growth. So, you are certainly welcome at 201 Wednesday night, 615 if you can be here. If you can't, come when you can be here, but be here. Be there or be square. Okay. Um, I want to talk to you this morning just a little bit about Celebrate Recovery. 
It may not be what you think it is. There's a verse in the Bible that talks about taking our thoughts captive and pulling down strongholds. Well, a stronghold in your life is anything that has you instead of you having it. And I am convinced that God does not want you to be a prisoner to anything. If you're spending all your money and you don't know where it goes and you just keep spending until you're in debt, you could have a stronghold there. And Celebrate Recovery addresses strongholds of all kinds. If you feel like you're being taken advantage of over and over and over, maybe by the same person, it's a stronghold. And there is help for you. You do not have to struggle with those things alone. We have a group willing and ready and anxious to help you pull down that stronghold. Because God's word is mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. That's what Celebrate Recovery is about. It's all about God's word. You are welcome to join us on Tuesdays at 7 o'clock. Uh, Bernita heads that up, and she does a fine job. I want to tell you that she not only is here on Tuesday night, she's working on Celebrate Recovery on Monday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And this afternoon, we're having training at Bernita's house. So it's a well-thought-out program, and it's there to help you. We've got a video that we want to share with you. baggage for as long as we've had stuff we found ways to bring it along baggage started off big but it got smaller portable now one person can carry more than ever important stuff like clothes toiletries fancy little dogs you know necessities but what's amazing is how much stuff we drag around that we don't need and don't like Things that trip us up, wear us out, and box us in. Stuff like anger. What is wrong with you? Addiction. Overeating. <gasps> and overspending. It was amazing. They had such great sales. I couldn't believe it. We carry around past relationships. I don't know what I ever saw in you. I didn't even dress well. Gosh. Worry. Unforgiveness. And selfishness. That's a great idea, don't you? I love it. It makes us ask questions like, why did I do that? Or how did I get here? And what is wrong with me? Because this stuff is heavy. It's bulky. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It makes everything in life harder, especially relationships. You might not know where it came from or how you got it, but there's only one way to deal with baggage. Throw it down. Drop it. Just let go. Sounds easy, but it's not. You carry something long enough, it feels like a part of you. You walk away, but a minute later, it's back in your hand. Baggage tricky like that. You gotta keep dropping, keep throwing, keep letting go, so you can take hold of something better. God's best for your life. And for that, you're going to need both hands. Celebrate Recovery. 
Real help for life's baggage. Meeting soon at a church near you. Amen. Hurts, habits, and hang-ups. That's what Celebrate Recovery is about. Everybody's got them. Don't try to tell yourself you don't. Uh, we, we just do. Any questions about Celebrate Recovery at all, contact Bernita sitting there or Mr. Stewart back here in the, uh, the sound booth, the resident experts on Celebrate Recovery. Uh, it is a well-thought-out program. We didn't invent it, uh, I'm sorry to say, but it's uh, well-thought-out, and it is absolutely Bible-based. I haven't talked to you about this pastor. Had a, had a young, uh, I think it was a young guy tell on the phone. Had a guy call me yesterday the house and identified himself. When I get phone calls at the house on my landline, it's usually a telemarketer. And I'm usually pretty gruff with them because everybody uses cell phones. Anyway. And so I, hello. And he said, is this Tom Poston? Yes. And he ident- and I look at the, the deal on the phone and I'm thinking, this is one of them. He identifies himself. He said, and if you're here, I'm not going to divulge too much, you know, anything personal. But he identifies himself and he says, I just uh, got out of, uh, what's the, uh, yeah, yeah, he said, I just got out of that hope. Rehab. And he said, basically, he said, I've been going to AA and NA. And he said, I need something more. He said, I need something a little stronger. And he says, I saw somewhere, and I don't know where he saw it. Maybe it's on our website, that you have something to do with Celebrate Recovery Program. And, man, I immediately perked up, you know, yes, you know. Uh, and I... It's, it's amazing what we're doing as a group of people, the, the, the lives that we're reaching and the lives that we're touching through programs like that and, and the other stuff we do. But anyway, I told this guy all about our program. You know, we meet uh, Tuesday, 7 o'clock. Um, he had a few questions. Uh, yeah, you don't, have to, you don't have to have been there before and started in the program. You just show up, uh, you know, explain to him how we work. The same thing for everybody in here. Man, if you hurts, habits, hang-ups. If you got something you're dealing with that, just like they said, you, you drop it and it keeps coming back every time you turn around you got it in your hand again, show up up here. Uh, there's people just love to help. So uh, that's just one of the many things that uh, we do as a group that, uh, that we're able to do. All right. What's next? Hey, who's ready to give some their tithe and offering to the Lord? You know, <laughs> I've been uh, listening to a guy talk recently about uh, radical generosity based on the fact that we got a radically generous Savior in God. And I've noticed that about every time I have a struggle with myself about generosity, it's really a struggle with myself about my identity. Do you ever think about that? Uh, there, I heard a story about Alexander the Great. was coming back from one of his conquests, and uh, he's riding along in a chariot or horse or whatever it is, and there's a, a guy beside the road, a beggar. 
and Alexander the Great reaches in his coin box or purse or pouch or whatever it is, throws the guy two or three gold coins. And his assistant with him says, Sir, why did you give him that gold? Copper coins would have been more than sufficient for his needs. And Alexander says, Copper might be sufficient for his needs, but it's gold that's sufficient for Alexander's giving. He knew where his source was, and he knew that it was being replenished. He knew it was, he could not give it. And we sometimes, I sometimes, a lot of times, have trouble keeping that identity in mind that I can't outgive my source. We need to remember where our source is, folks. And again, that's what's happening here is just some of this stuff like we were talking about the Celebrate Recovery. Uh, when you give anything into this ministry here, you're, you become part owner of everything we're doing around here. And so you also become part receiver of the blessing from it. So with that in mind, got your offering up. Get ready. Father, we just thank you right now for the way you've blessed us corporately and individually. And we thank you right now, Father, for the opportunity to sow in to what you're doing here, Father. To sow into some good soil, some, some ministry and some work and some outreach that is reaching people and changing lives, Father. Right now, we just bring it to you. We present it to you. We lay it at your feet. And we thank you for the blessing that enables us to do this. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, does anybody want to give a shout to the Lord just because they can? Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, I want to just give you a real quick update on, on Pastor Shelley. A couple of you are like, well, where's, where's Pastor Shelley? Where's Pastor Shelley? They're watching us by uh, online. Last night, um, Shelley received a call from Crystal and Crystal Burton's sister. Some of you may know Melissa Henderson. I guess she... Uh, is in the emergency room. She's in very critical condition. I want to take a minute and pray for her and pray for the family. Um, Shelly left last night, and 
about 207. Yeah, you know how specific I am. It's like, okay, about 207. At 207, my phone rang, and, and we were talking. I wanted to make sure she made it down there, and it's been a real difficult time with her. She has uh, been run over by an automobile. Um, she has um, oh, multiple fractures, damaged, crushed bones, bones, extensive heart, um, and truth is, without a miracle, she's going to go home to be with Jesus. I know Melissa. I know Melissa loves Jesus. She has a relationship with Jesus Christ. So let's just take a minute and let's just pray. Father, even as our hearts are heavy of what's taken place, we know that you are the Lord that heals us. And Father, we just uh, pray for the family. I pray for Melissa. I pray for the doctors. I pray for Shelly and even Crystal, all those involved right now. I pray that you will release an abundance of peace and of comfort right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Well, if you're here today, I just want to welcome you. I just want to say thank you for being part of the body of Christ and coming in today to be connected with God. And um, it's a new year. And how many of you know a new year can sometimes bring change, right? So today I'm going to talk about change your words and change your world. Change your words and change your world. You know, God himself, the creator of heaven and earth, saw the darkness and he said, let there be light. He didn't say let the darkness continue, but he said, let there be light. God himself, our father, Abba, said, there's darkness and there needs to be light. There's some areas in our lives, areas in my life that I need to be able to have exposed to the light. How many of you know the light isn't about bringing things so you can correct it, so you can be, uh, so you can feel guilt or shame or anything else. It's not about exposing something so you can feel bad about it. It's about saying, what are we going to do with this? And I want to really share today. So if you got your Bibles, we are, I'm going to share a couple of things today. Let me kind of give you, let me, let me give you just a little path, which we're going to take for the next few minutes. There, there may be a time where it's going to get a little rough. It's going to get a little rocky, but we're going to come back out, all right? We're going to be like, you know, okay, a little turbulence. We're coming out of the turbulence. We're going to get into the higher places of God, and, and, and we're going to get to a place today. Are you, are you ready to do that? Because it, it's, it's about change. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's about change. Our words are creative, and they're powerful. Martin Luther King said that he, he had a dream. And we talk about it even today that he had a dream. He saw certain things that he wanted to have that were changed, that were different. And his words began to create some things. We can begin to look at some things in our lives and say, maybe it's how our words. If you change your words, there's going to be a change in the world. Our, our, our words are powerful. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are powerful. Come on, tell him. Say, you are powerful, neighbor. You are you're powerful, man. You're just a powerhouse. Yeah, you just, you're just a powerhouse. I, I have this book, Quantum Faith, and it just really amazes me how, how powerful things are and how when you speak, things begin to change. Atoms begin to hear and listen, and then they create. And Annette Capps, she writes in this book, she says, Words are energy, and energy affects matter. Your words are energy, and they affect matter in your life. 
I, I remember one time I shared with somebody, I said, you know what? They said, you know what? I don't feel so good. I said, you don't feel so good. And then they said, well, you don't look too good. And then, and then about break time in mid-morning, you know, about 10, 15, they're like, how are you doing? Well, I'm not feeling any better. I feel I'm a little worse. And they were like, you look even worse today. I mean, it's just really bad because you're kind of looking bad. You're feeling bad. You, you know, well, I'm going to go through all right. And then by noon, you're like, guess what? I'm going home. I believe that if the way you talk yourself into being sick, you can talk yourself into being well. You can talk yourself into what God has for you, and, and, and your words are powerful, and they're creative. I want to share with you one story that, that, um, that really has impacted my life. Many of you know Apostle Jay Swallow. Um, he's a full-blooded Cheyenne. He is, we would call him the Cheyenne Moses. Jay was on a reservation up in Sioux, uh, and the Sioux Indian Reservation in Standing Rock. And he was telling me, he said, he said, Eric, he said, I realized how powerful words are. He said, there was a dog that came up, and this dog came up, and the dog hadn't been fed, and it, it was all bony and everything else. And he just looked at that dog, and he said, man, that, that dog ought to be dead. And how many of you, sometimes we just say that. We just look at something, and we say what we see. And he said, man, that dog ought to be dead. And he said, Eric, that afternoon... I looked over, and that dog was dead. He said, and I realized that I needed to be careful of what I say, how I say it, because my actual words create are creative, and they have power. My words have power. So if you get in your car and you say, this is a piece of hunk of junk, if you keep speaking that, guess what? That hunk of junk's going to break down on you. But I get in my car, and I'm like, hey, I love you, man. You're awesome. You're going to get me where you need to. I need to go. Hey, man. You know, I I, uh, I I began to share a story about you know being to, being able to speak into things, being able to speak positive, being able to speak into some things, and 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 I'm that way. I just I'll look at it and somebody will say, "Was well, it half empty or it's half full?" You know, and I'm like, "Well, it's half full. It'll it, it'll it'll get me what I need to have." And our words are creative, and our words are powerful. So I'm going to go ask you to go to Ecclesiastes. This is this is a a word in. In, uh, in, the, in the Bible, a book in the Bible. And it comes after Proverbs. And I want you to find Proverbs also because we're going to go on a little journey in Ecclesiastes. I'm going to share with you some things about the words and how powerful they are. We're going to look at the wise versus the foolish. Did you know that there, there's a wise master builder and he builds his house and he builds it on a foundation and the foundation is Christ and it's solid. Then there's the, the foolish one that builds his house upon the sand. And how many of you know when the, when the troubles of this life came, when difficulty came, all of a sudden the, the, the winds were blowing and the rain was coming and it washed the house. You can even see that in the natural floods that happen in the earth where those that have built their house, you know, like, you know, on the seashore and and all of a sudden, they're like, where's the house? And it's like, well, it's 100 yards in the ocean because it, it was built on the sand and it got washed out. So we're going to get into Ecclesiastes, and I'm going to ask you to turn to chapter 10, and we're going to look at verse 12. But words are important. Say this with me. Words are important. Let's say it again. Words are important. Do you agree with that? you agree with that? Yeah, words are important. Words are important. With them, the Bible says, with our words, we can create life. The power of death and life are in the in the tongue. Now, we can actually speak forth life, speak forth life, speak forth life. 
I want to be able to speak forth life. Now, those things that are dead need to probably be dead. Come on. I mean, I've got some past things in my past, and I'm not speaking life to them. I'm speaking death because they didn't line up with what God has, and I want them to stay dead. I want them to stay in my past. My past, come on, my future is greater than my past is. My past may try to come up and may shape and mold and be where I am today, get me where I am today, but how many know my future is greater than my past? Oh, come on, I think I'm ready to preach up in here this morning. And I, hey, this section over here, you guys are awesome. I heard you during worship. Give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. I'm like, hey, hey. I'm like, hey, you guys got to get it going over here because I may spend most of my time over here preaching on this side over here. But, but I know you guys give the Lord some praise on this section over here. Hey, hey, there we go. There we go right now. And the middle section's what about us? We'll see. I want to I do something real quick. There's four, four stages of spiritual development. This is a CD series that, I'm, you know what, I'm going to give this into this middle section. Will you, what do you guys want this? Four stages of spiritual development. There you go. Uh-oh, I'm going to throw it over your head. Jeremy, I'm going to let you have that one. The lady right behind you, we're going to give her this one. Take this one. I'm going to throw it over there to you. Look at that. Now you know why I wasn't a professional baseball player. Ecclesiastes in chapter 10, we're going to look at verse 12. And verse 12, it says, Words from the mouth of a wise man are gracious, while lips of a fool consume him. In other words, the lips of the fool. So real quick, I don't want to just, I don't want to accent the negative, but I'm going to talk a little bit about the negative. I want to talk a little bit about, I got to lay a foundation down for us to get where we need to get. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the fool. How many of you know the Bible says it's not good to be called a fool? Not good to be called a fool. It says right here that the, the lips of a fool consume him. Now, Ecclesiastes was written by King Solomon. King Solomon was known for his wisdom. He has a lot of information in Proverbs. So you begin to look at that and you say, okay, Solomon was, was a wise man. There were some decisions that he made that were very good. And just like anybody else, there's decisions that you can make that may not be too good. But he was, a, he was considered a very wise man. He wrote wrote the book of Proverbs, and, and we're going to get into that in just a minute. But he had much to say about the words or the speech of a foolish person, of a foolish person. And you can read a little bit later on, uh, uh, in verses 13 and 14 and 15, if you will, and you can see a little bit about the foolish person. But here's a, here's a cliff notes of this. Here's a synopsis of the words of a foolish person. And see if you yourself have been there or you know some people. I mean, we all know some people that, that, that have words like this. The first thing that it really talks about, and I think it's in verse 13, is destructive. That the words of a foolish person are destructive. They tear things down. I know people that way. I know there's been times where I've just like torn down and it's like, you know, sometimes you don't need a gun because your mouth can do just as much damage as, as a physical injury. Can I get an amen on that? You know, and I'm, I'm not talking about anybody. I'm talking about everybody. <laughs> so the words of a foolish person, it, it, it's, it's destructive. In other words, the foolish person may just blurt out anything and everything they want to say when they want to say it. Whatever's on their mind, they just say it, and it doesn't matter. It's never filtered, and we'll get to that in just a minute. But how many of you know being destructive hurts people. It hurts people. I'm here to tell you today that 
there's words that have hurt me personally. But it helped me find God as my healer. Because what really matters is what God feels about me. Come on, somebody. And I, by the way, I just want you to know that I'm his favorite. He's got a lot of favorites, doesn't he? Being destructive can be poisonous. A foolish person can just kind of display poison. And you really find out what's going on in their heart. Because I can talk to somebody about somebody, and if they put somebody else down, they're either jealous over that person, or they're wanting to put them down so they can themselves be elevated. So it's, it's destructive. Slander. How about angry? Foolish person can be very angry. See, I can talk about anger because I got delivered from it. It's a spirit as well as it's me not allowing that spirit to operate in my life or not allowing fear. Sometimes fear, I'm going to teach on this in the next few weeks, sometimes fear can come upon you and you get angry. But God did not give us a spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind. You guys are reading the Bible. So, so destructive. Say destructive. Foolish talk, foolish words can be destructive. The second thing is it talks about being unreasonable. Solomon says that that foolish person's unreasonable. What he says may not even make any sense. And then if it does make sense, it's like the, the, the longer he talks, the crazier it gets. I mean, you, you know some people that way. The other one is uncontrolled. The foolish person, his speech would be uncontrolled. You know, there's, there's some scriptures that really talk about, you know, so many words are not good for you. <laughs> Come on, somebody. There's, it's like, oh, my goodness, they just wore me out. You know, I got on the phone conversation, and I, I put the phone on mute, set it down, and went and mowed my lawn, came back, and the person was still talking on the phone. Come on, somebody. Uncontrolled. They're just full of words. The other one that it talks a little bit about is being boastful. Say boastful. So you know what? We all know some people. We've all dealt with ourselves. They, they may be arrogant or pretentious. Being boastful means being arrogant or pretentious. You know, I did this, and I did that, and I did this, and I did that, and I did this. And Jason and I, you know, we're talking, and somebody else comes in, and they just tell us all about the way they did, what they did, what they did, what they did, what they did. And, we, and they leave, and we go, well, they didn't even say, how are you today? <laughs> Just let me tell you how I am and what I do and what I say and, and, and what I'm doing in my life. And those things are important if you're a believer and follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those things are important to other people to know. But I want us to come to a place where we don't have the foolish talk, but we have what's called the wise talk. Say wise. See, I like to look at the Scripture that talks about these different things of a foolish person. And I like to take it and I like to, to look at it and say, how can I flip that now? Because how many of you know the opposite of that is what a wise person would be? So let's look at that scripture again, Ecclesiastes 10:12. It says, "From the words of the mouth of a wise man are gracious. The words of the mouth of a wise man are, come on, everybody. The words from the mouth of a wise man, they are what? They're gracious, they're gracious. So I, I looked up that word wise, because you know the the back. You can go back. Go back first before we get there. Yeah, there we go. I looked at word wise, and I thought, what is a wise man? 
Because if a foolish man is destructive in his words, if a foolish man is uncontrolled, if he's unreasonable, if a foolish man is just boastful, then what's the opposite of that, and what would the wise man be? Did you know that the, the Hebrew word for wise literally means artful or skillful? Artful or skillful? A wise man kind of watches what he says. Hello? It also can be, it can mean intelligent. Now, there are intelligent people that are not wise. Come on, somebody. So a wise man, it says the words of the mouth of a wise man are not only intelligent, you know what I mean? They're, they're skillful, but the word gracious literally means pleasant or precious. Pleasant. They're pleasant. So as we look at this scripture, I, I just want to share with you a couple things that if, if I took the opposite of what the foolish man, how many of you know, I don't want to be a foolish man. I want to be a wise man. And not, <laughs> I'll share a little story with you. Yeah, I was the youngest of five. We were growing up and my dad, it was, um, he was a, a bricklayer. He, was, he, 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 would, he would call us once in a while. You know what a smart aleck is? You know what a smart aleck is? Now, nobody's ever probably been a smart aleck in this place but me. You know, I was the youngest of five. I was a little smart aleck at times. And, and he would call us a Weisenheimer. Now, that, that might be some other kind of statement, but he would say, well, you're just, you're just a little Weisenheimer, aren't you? You know, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know what that means, but I guess that's what it means. You know, it was, it was his nice way of saying, you're being a smart aleck. But if I began to look at what wise was as being artful and skillful, then I don't want to be foolish. I don't want to be a Weisenheimer. I don't want to be a smart aleck. I don't want to be any of those things. But how many of you know, I would like to be what God has created and designed me to be, and he's created and designed us all to be wise men. To be artful, say artful. What's the other one? Skillful, say skillful. He wants us to be skillful. Skillful in what you say and how you say it because there are certain ways that you can ask for the chocolate cake. Get that cake over to me now. <laughs> that may not be very skillful. You may get the cake. You may end up in your face. Then you got your cake. How about that cake? You got that cake now? How about that? You like that cake? You want something else to go with that cake? Nope, nope, that's good. I'm good. Do you understand how being artful and skillful? I remember we were doing some, some marriage counseling years ago, and the guy said, well, but, you know, my grandpa, when he just thumped his tea glass, doom, 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 grandma come put tea in it. And she, she looked at him and she said, you thump that tea glass, I'm going to put something else other than tea in there. I was like, woo, that doesn't work. I would say that might be a little foolish on that re re regard, so be a, be a wise man. So the words of a wise man, let's take a look at it real quick. Number one would be, if, if you look at the, the, the words of a foolish man as being destructive, then the opposite of that, or the antonym of that, would be constructive. How many of you would like to start off the new year in a different way? Let's begin to speak life into situations life into circumstances, and let's not be destructive, let's be constructive. 
And that literally means to build up. Say build up. You want to build up and build up and build up and build up. Man, I don't know. I mean, I think about even the Celebrate Recovery. Bernita, would you stand up a moment? This is Miss Bernita. Let's give her a hand. Hallelujah. We thank you and we bless you and we honor you today. Thank you very much. When you get into Celebrate Recovery, when you're trying to overcome any kind of addiction, you don't need somebody putting you down. You need somebody lifting you up. You need not somebody saying, well, you'll never get over that. You need somebody saying, yes, you can. You can get out of that. You can break out of that addiction. You can get out of that habit. You can walk free of that, and it won't hold you back any longer. Hallelujah, can I get an amen? That's what I'm talking about. I mean, we need to start this new year out and be constructive where we build each other's up. I'm, I'm going 100 miles an hour. Mario's back there doing some Spanish interpretation. So he's, if you hear some voices, they're not just voices in your head. Okay? Mar Mario's back there, and he's interpreting. Okay. You're like, ooh, I'm glad you cleared that one up because I was needing some help. I need somebody to pray for me. The other thing not only would be to be constructive but to build up would also be the opposite of being unreasonable, which would be reasonable. Check this out. Look that word up. I looked that word up, and you know what means extravagant? I was like, oh, I like that definition. I like this. Instead of being unreasonable, God, how many of you know God's not an unreasonable God? He's reasonable, meaning he is what? Extravagant. He's extravagant. He loves you extravagantly. He loves you. And I, I think about it, and, you know, our, 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 we, our grandkids have said, how much we love you, we love you. Yeah, you love me more than the east is from the west, more than the sun is hot, more than the sky is blue, more than the oceans are deep. I mean, that's a lot of love, and that's what they'll say. That's a lot of love. That's a lot of love. So when we begin to think about this, it's extravagant. It's, it's reasonable. The third thing I think would be with a, a wise man, if a foolish man is uncontrolled, and how many of you know a wise man would need to be what? Self-controlled. Oh, my goodness, that's one of the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Everybody, self-control. Self-control. So when I get the cake and I've been nice and I asked for it properly and I got it, and I start eating it, that I just don't eat the whole thing. Man, how many... Oh, gosh, the confession's good for the soul. How many have you ever... Uh, I can't ask that. How many of you ever felt like you overate? You indulged a little bit too much. Now, those of you that haven't, I need to talk to you. I mean, sometimes... And aren't the holidays that way? I mean, especially Thanksgiving and Christmas is like, you know, here's another pie. You haven't had any pumpkin pie. It's like, well, it's because I had three slices of cherry and some jello with some cool with, but I think I got a little room for pumpkin pie. I didn't have room for pumpkin pie. I don't know where it went, down in my leg or something in my knee or maybe on my ankle or, or something. It was just like, where did that go? And then, then later, don't we? Here's what we do, Steve. We're like, oh, what's the matter? Oh, I ate too much. Well, you nut. What do you think? You know, you, you're full. We got to have a little self-control. I want you to know that my goal this year was to have self-control and not put on 10 pounds extra, and I got it. Ching, ching. Hallelujah. Nobody's happy for me out there. What's up with that? It was like, <laughs> it's like, it's self-control. Say self-control. With God, self-control is like 
balance. It's like stability. Too much chocolate cake is just not good for you. But it sure feels good to you, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, or, or whatever your thing is, you know, is when you look at that. And also it's about stability. It's, you know, how many of you want a little self-control when you drive an automobile? Yeah, right, yeah. You know, I need a little stability. I need some, there's some traction there. I, want, I got some stability. So when you look at that, if a foolish man is really uncontrolled, then I need to have some control. How many of you probably really need some control in some areas this, this year? All right. I want to just pray for you. Father, right now, I'm with you. I, I need some self-control in certain areas. Help me to, to have that. Help me, Father, when I am weak. Help me to be a wise man. Let me be skillful and artful in, in my control this year. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. The other thing, the last thing real quick is, is modest. If, he's, if, if a foolish guy is boastful and arrogant and prideful and pretentious, then what is the opposite of that? What is the antonym of that? It would be moderate. It would be, it would be moderate. How about, how about humble? How about some humility? You know, I, I am grateful for what God is doing in my life. And I am grateful for what he's doing in your lives. Because I'm hearing about you guys that are coming out, breaking into a new area. It's not going to be the same old year this year. You're going to get a breakthrough. Things are going to be different in your life. These things are going to begin to take place. And a foolish, the Bible says, that foolish person is really boastful. They're arrogant. But as we grow, as we move into the things of God, how many of you know God needs to get the glory? Don't take, don't take the glory for what really belongs to him. Don't take the glory for what belongs to him. You know, somebody said, we were having this conversation and somebody was talking about something and they were, you know, they, they, there was a blessing that I received and they were like, wow, you, you did that. But, and they said, you worked hard. Well, I, I may have worked hard, but it's God gets the glory. Come on, somebody. He's got to get the glory. It's got to go back to him. He's the one that gets the glory. So foolish words, see if this agrees with you. Foolish words can be harsh words. Not strong or powerful words where if a guy calls you up and says, yeah, this is Tom. Because if that way, if that's the way, then we as Christians, we'd be a bunch of wimps. And I'm telling you, I'm not a wimpy Christian. You get to know me a little bit more, you'll find out. I'm going to stand up for what God has, and I'm going to stand up for what his word says, and I'm not going to back down for that. So when you, when you look at it and you, you think about a foolish person, would maybe his words would be harsh, then maybe what's the opposite of that? Maybe a wise person, a person that's skillful, a person that's artful, maybe my words would be what? Helpful. Say helpful. It would be helpful because here's what I can do. Miss Colleen and I can have a conversation. I can, she can tear me down or build me up. As a foolish person, the foolish person is going to do what? As a wise person and skillful, you're going to do what? Build us up. Build us up. Build us up. Build us up. Accentuate the positive. 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, Pastor, I'm really struggling. Pray for me. I've got some issues going on in my life, and I'm going to be able to say, yes, you may have those issues going on in your life, but that's not the character, and that's not the, the, the anointing that God has for you. I'm telling you what, you can break out of that situation. You can get out of there. You may have gotten knocked down, but you get back up. You may have said, hey, I, I, don't, know. I don't know if I can do this anymore. You get back up. You take another step. You take one more step. You can do it. You can do it. You can. You can do it. You can do it. You can. Are you with me? I mean, you've got to be able to know that, hey, when I get knocked down, I'm going to get back up. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Come on, he is talking about you now. Now. We're not talking about gossip. We're just saying I'm speaking about you because your life. There are times, there are times that we struggle in our flesh, in our human nature, in our carnal nature. There's times where we struggle, and we have got to know, settle beyond a doubt, that I have a loving God that died upon the cross for me. When I settle that, then when I stumble and fall, the Bible says a righteous man shall fall what? Seven times, but what? <laughs> it's a, yeah, come on, somebody. Come on, give him some praise in this house. Hallelujah. It's like, you know what? It's like a... It's like that little bobber. You know, like, you know, y'all fish, you know, throw that little bobber out there. If something ain't happening in my bobber, I'm throwing my fishing pole. I'm going somewhere else. Isn't that right, Luis? Luis likes to fish and likes to hunt. And it's like, look, I'm just wound so tight that it's like, if something don't come by here now, if I don't get a fish, I'm going to go do something. <laughs> and that's not like all of you. But how I many you know that little bobber, don't it? When that thing goes down, boom. You ever seen it go down and never saw it come back up? Have you? It got stuck under there? What happened to that bobber? <laughs> yeah, but when you reeled that fish in, that bobber came up, right? Come on. So that bobber is going to stay there. It may get pulled down under the water, but guess what? It's coming back up. When you get knocked down, if you're a wise man, you're going to be able to get knocked down, but you're going to be able to do what? Turn to your neighbor and say, we fishing now. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, we fishing now. We're fishing. We're fishing now. See, because when you look at it, be the difference between a wise man and a foolish man. I want to be a wise man. I'm not, I've not made all wise decisions, and I'm sure all of us could say that same thing. But I want to be able to look at it, and I want to be able to be constructive. I want to be able to build others up. I want to be able to be reasonable, extravagant in areas. I mean, when it comes down to it, I, I, I am thankful for the opportunity that God's given me. And I am thankful. I'm not putting myself higher than anybody else, above anybody else. But I'm going to look at myself and be less than. The other thing would be self-controlled. I, I got some self-control. I'm having some self-control in some areas this year. I'm, I want to be able to have self-control in all areas. But the truth is, if I, if I put a list and said, here, here's your 100 areas, you get self-control in that. Lynn, you'd probably look at that and go, well, this is great, but I can't do all these 100. What about if we focused on one or two? and took a couple steps, and then took another step or two, and then took another step or two, and took another step or two, and then took another step or two, and then all of a sudden look back and say, wow, I've gone somewhere. I've got somewhere. Say, I'm a wise man. So Paul knew this. Paul was highly educated. He knew this. And let me give you a couple scriptures. In, in uh, Colossians 4, 6, he says, let your speech be always with what? grace, with grace. Not just the unmerited, undeserved favor that God has, but pleasant, precious. Do you know 
if you don't do it, who's going to? If you belong to Christ and you don't have speech that's encouraging, edifying, uplifting to the here according to 429, who's going to do it? You're going to turn it on the, the show and, and see Homer Simpson do it? It isn't going to happen on Homer's show. Hello? So Paul says, a wise man, and you're a wise man or a wise woman. You're not a wise and heimer. You're a wise man or a wise woman. And he says, let your speech be always with grace, always with precious, always. I had a boss that it was like we would sit down and, and he, we would make a decision, and I'd ask him a question, and I bet it took him 30 seconds to answer. So I, I managed $26 million worth of Fleming's money, and I, I said, look, we've got to invest in some new trailers or tractors for the produce and, and hire somebody. What do you think? And he'd go, and I'm going, and he smoked him a little pipe. It had tobacco in it. And he'd, he'd go, did you run a cost analysis on that? Yes, sir, it's in front of you. He'd look at it. I mean, that guy, I, mean, I was like, hello, sometime today, I'm busy. I mean, I need a yes, no, up or down, thumbs up. But he was careful of his speech. And I learned to admire that because when you asked him a question, he just didn't tell you what he thought. He thought about what he was going to say before he said it because he wanted to, you to know how it was going to affect you, how it was going to affect others around him, and most importantly, how it was going to affect God. So let me give you some things that some, we're going to start in Proverbs. You there? Oh, my goodness. Go to Proverbs. Go to start, start at verse 12 or chapter 12. I want to look at 18. If you can hang with me, hang with me. If you can't, we're just going to kind of go through these. I want to get this in the atmosphere. I believe today that the Lord is going to highlight a scripture for you, and you're going to say, that's a good scripture. I'm going to hang on to that for the next 30 days and really get it in you. Proverbs 12, 18, right there. It says, there is one who speaks rashly like the thrusts of the sword, but listen to this. The tongue of the wise brings what? Healing, healing, healing. Your tongue can be a tool for bad or good. The tongue of the wise brings healing. Verse tw uh, 25, Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down, but a good word makes it what? Oh, my goodness, makes it glad. Or some other versions may cheer up or whatever they are. It was like, oh, my, look at that. What? A good word. Now, you notice it said a good word, not a bad word. <laughs> because a bad, if a good word makes it glad, what's a bad word do? Sad. That's right. You guys have got it. All right. Look at chapter 15. Look at verse 1. Proverbs 15, 1. It says, a gentle answer turns away anger or wrath. Gentle answer turns away anger or wrath. A gentle answer turns away anger or wrath. A gentle answer, a gentle, wise answer turns away wrath. 
You want to stir it up, jump in the middle of it? Somebody calls you up and gives you, you know, what for? You give them what for back, it's on, baby. It's on like Donkey Kong. It's on. Here we go. We're going after it. Are you with me? But it says a gentle answer. Well, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry that that didn't work out for you. I'm really sorry that that, that hurt you. Or I'm sorry that this didn't work out for you the way you want. You know, I'm really sorry that that happened to you. You know, I never meant it to happen to you that way. And all of a sudden, the person's like, fine. And you're like, praise the Lord. Gentle answer turns away wrath. Look at verse 23, 1523, Proverbs 1523. says, a man hath joy in the answer of his mouth, and a word in due season. How good it is. How good it is, a word in due season. Well, I keep falling. Well, I keep falling. I kind of like Danny Sift, like, how's that working for you? It's not. What are you going to do different? You got to do something different. You can do something different. A word in, in due season. He says, how good it is. I'm telling you, there are people today that need you to speak a word a good word into their life to lift them up and encourage them to say, you know what? This is what you weren't designed for. You were designed for greatness. You were designed for victory. You've got that through the cross if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. And you begin to start lifting them up and you build them up and you encourage them. And all of a sudden, they're maybe like this. And then all of a sudden, you begin to see them and they, 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 they stand up. And then all of a sudden, they, they're a little bit taller. And, and then they, gotta, they walk a little straighter and they got a little pep in their step. And they're like, yeah, I can do this. You know, I can do this thing. I mean, you look at a ditch that's, it was, it was 18 feet, and we had to go 18 inches, and we had to dig that thing, and I was like, I got to do this? Okay, I can do it. And he said, yeah, Eric, I believe you can do it. I can believe you can do it. You're going to be able to do it. You're going to be able to do it, and uh, see how fast you can do it. Well, y'all don't know me, but I was like, okay, I got you. And they're like, yeah, I'm getting it done. No, no, you are getting it done. But you know what? I am obedient to what you're doing. I can take that good word, and it's in season, and it'll encourage you and strengthen you, and that's what it's about. It's about encouraging and strengthening others. Let's look at Proverbs 16, 24. Proverbs 16, 24. While you guys are turning there, I've got to get some water. This is one of my favorite ones. You know why? Because I like honey. <laughs> it says, pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweet to the sto- soul. And what? Could there be a correlation between our society and issues in our society to the words that are being spoken? It says pleasant words, these same words that are, that are pleasant, they're gracious. It's the same word, gracious words, pleasant words, pleasant words. Say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, that takes the lid off. It takes the lid off. Well, you know what? You're only educated so much. You only got past the eighth grade, so you'll never do anything. I know some 8th grade people that only graduated from 8th grade that are multimillionaires. Come on, somebody. I know some people that are followers of Christ 
that love God, that are well-educated and uneducated. Come on, somebody. I mean, when God takes this thing, he says, you know what? Your words, if you begin to start speaking those words, they're going to be sweet. They're going to be like honeycomb. They're going to be like dripping. They're going to be like good stuff. I'm talking about honeycomb with no bees. They're going to be sweet. And then what? It'll bring healing to you. It'll bring healing to you. I don't know about you, but I need healing. I don't know about you, but this world needs healing. I don't know about you, but this city needs some healing going on. I don't know about you, but this state needs some healing. And we're going to begin to start looking at it because our words are powerful. And I believe that's part of the reason why the economy of Oklahoma is so much higher than actually we're like second out of the, what, 50, 52 states or whatever it is, 50 states, and we're second. And why? Because I believe our words are going forth and saying we refuse this economic downturn. We are going to continue to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in the materials, believe in the, the, the minerals in the ground that God's going to weigh, he's got a way, and we begin to live that way. And guess what? The atmosphere changed because you, you have creative power. Okay, real quick. That word pleasant means delightful, agreeable. It means splendor. Proverbs 17, 27. We're going to go through these real quick. And it says, He who restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Proverbs 25, 11. I like this one, too. This is all good. I mean, it just gets good, man. When you, I'm like, man, I could just hang in that one. Like apples in gold settings of silver. Anybody want some apples in gold settings of silver? Ladies, you want a little, uh, you know, jewelry and stuff that's got apples and gold settings of silver? It says, a word spoken in the right circumstance. A word spoken. Where are they going to get that word from? Who's going to get that word to them? Because the world's not going to get it to that word. Bart Simpson, or, or whatever name, Simpson guy is not going to give them that word. Are you with me? It's going to have to come from believers and followers of Christ that will look at, look at this and say, you know, it's not going to be that way. This is the way God's created. This is the way he designed it. Those are the words that we're going to line up with, and his word is going to be true every time. Can I get an amen? Okay, now last, last scripture, Isaiah 50. In verse 4, in the first part of that verse, it says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is what? Weary. Speak a word in season to him who is weary who is weary don't get weary in well-doing for you shall reap if you faint not just stretch your hands towards this man of god right here because i know he's been going through a difficult time and he told me today he said i'm weary i'm weary but we're gonna we're gonna bless you in the name of jesus and we release god's goodness and his grace upon your life that when you are weak he is strong when you're weary, that now there is just going to, you're, you're taken on and you're yoked up to something that doesn't belong there. So we just remove that right now. And we just, we just now connect you with the things of God. Jesus said that, that my burden is light and my yoke is easy. So we speak forth a word in season for you today. Strength and faith in Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord some praise for that. Hallelujah. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. So let me show you just a short adjustment of how you can adjust your words just slightly, and it'll make a big difference. We've got a video I want to share with you before we close, and then we're going to close, and uh, we'll pray for you guys.
I wrote the same, but in different words. Thanks, love. she do? Do you guys see that? She changed the sign. And changing his sign changed his words. And when she changed his words, she created something different in his life. So how many of us can come to a place where we can begin to change our words? And I'm telling you, it'll change your world. Not asking you just to just totally speak differently, but here's what I am saying. Look at what you have and say, I have the creative power in these words. And with the creative power in these words, I can speak life or I can speak death. I want to speak life. Can we look at a situation where we may think like him? He wasn't, probably wasn't doing what it was designed to do is sign and she was able to come in and make some adjustments and create that that change we have creative power to change our words here's what i want us to do i want us to be like a wise man that can begin to say i've got the words to create in my life and i want you to create good things say good thing i want us to be able to create some good things in our lives today so you can be artful you can be skillful, and you can say what she said. I wrote the same, but I used different words. I wrote the same, but I used different words. I wrote the same, but I used different words. So with that, I don't, I don't know what you got. You, she's up to something. Will you just will you just stand to your feet just a moment? Let me pray. Susan's going to play. Um, and she just felt that there was a time for us to, well, to sow into Jason and Jessica today. Um, they're on a tough journey. They're on a long journey. But God is with them through this. Sometimes we can get so caught up in sometimes we can get so caught up in others' needs that we forget about the needs of our own. 
And I don't, I don't know how I want to do this. Just, just ask the Lord. Ask the Lord. Why don't you do me a favor? Why don't you just put, get a couple baskets and put them up here? Put one on one corner and one on the other. I want you to change your world. And listen, what Tom didn't tell you with our tithes and offerings is that we're under no compulsion to give. You give because God's laid it on your heart to give. You sow a seed because he's laid it on your heart to give, to sow a seed. So I want to be able to help my words help change their world. And I want to sow into them. And I'm just going to have Susan play, and if you will, you just ask the Lord if you were to give. Maybe you got some money stuck back that the Lord will say, yeah, that little $20 you got stuck back in that little pocket of your of your uh, jeans, we can, you can give that today. Let's just take a minute. I'm just going to ask you just to close your eyes just a moment before you give. Don't anybody come give yet. Just hold off. Just don't come give yet. Don't come give yet. I love messages like this because this isn't planned. But it gives me an opportunity to change some things in my life. And I don't want to be one that just says, we're praying for you, Jason and Jessica. We're praying for you, Nelson family. I want to be one that's not just a doer. I mean, not just a, a sayer, but a doer. So today, it's just you. It's just God's laid it on your heart that if it's you, you just come and begin to sow a seed. If you need to write a check, you can make it to LWF. All of this is going to go towards that family. Maybe you have a need in your own family that you might say, you know what, I got $5, I'm going to sow that. That's going to be a seed that your need is going to be met also. But it's not going to be about you. It's going to be about them. Jason and Jessica give so much. And have for years and never asked anything. And they know that, that they do it because they love the Lord. But this is a way for us to change our words and not just say, we'll pray for you, but we're also going to sow into that. And some of you have already sown, and that's okay. Whatever God's laying on your heart, maybe He wants you to sow another seed. If you'll do that, I just want to have you come. And then afterwards, we're just going to pray a blessing over that. So if that's you and you want to come, just come out of your seat and just come down and give. Go ahead and come. You guys can come and give now. I'm sure you can release them to give now.
going to ask Lori if you'll go back and you'll just make a check. Count it all. Give it to them today. I want us to get the seed in the ground today. How about you? Now's the time. It's a time in the Spirit. Listen to me, if you will. Just look at me just a moment. You have such creative force with your words. Let's speak life. Let's do it together. Let's not condemn one another when we don't speak life. But let's begin to help one another to say, let's speak into this situation in your lives. All of you guys are struggling with different areas and issues in your life. Okay? I'm here to tell you that you're going to come out of that situation. You may have been in a season of wilderness. You may have been in a season of hurt or pain. But listen, what the Word says, it's just a season. The devil may be attacking you, and guess what? It's a season. It's not for the rest of your life. It's a season. came after Jesus, and it was only for a season. So we're after you, whatever you're dealing with, whatever's going on in your life, I'm here to tell you to begin to look at it and say, what are my words? Am I speaking life? It's not your children's design to drive you crazy. Just adjust your words a little bit. I knew this Jewish couple, and they said, here's my children. This is my lawyer, and this is my, this is my doctor. There were seven. They spoke words to their lives. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's about a word. He says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, thou shalt be saved. We want to help you transition. Maybe you're here today. I'm not into embarrassing you. I'm not going to call you out in the middle. But we're going to have prayer teams come up here. And these prayer teams will help you walk through that. Okay? If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, don't leave today without knowing Him. If you're here today and say, you know what? I want to be reconnected to the things of God. Maybe you gave your heart to Jesus many years ago. They'll pray for you. If you're here today and just have something heavy on your heart that you need prayer for, they'll pray for you. So we're going to close in prayer. And then the prayer teams are going to come on up, and you're welcome to come on up, spend as much time as you like. Let's pray together. Father, today I thank you for your word, that your word is a word in season, that your word today will do what it's planned and purposed to do, that your word will encourage, it will inspire, it will strengthen it will bring joy. It will bring peace. That your word will go forth and do what it's planned and designed to do even before we get to that place. I thank you for those that are concerned about provision, that you're already meeting that need. That as they walk, you're going to begin to meet that need. As they move forward, that that need is going to be met. Father, I thank you for putting the ingredients together today for your word to be brought forth the good news of Jesus Christ. So, Father, today, strengthen, bless, heal, deliver, set free today. Thank you for this word. We encourage those as they go to let their words change their world, reshape some things, bring forth your blessings upon their lives today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. You guys are dismissed, prayer teams, if you'll come. God bless you. Go forth in his power and his might on Wednesday night. Growth Track 201. Now, those of you that didn't come to 101, come on. You can come to 201 also. So come on.